everybody. It is Tuesday, April 5th, and it is 4.34 in the morning. Uh, I got up at 3.30 in the hopes of doing a little meditation. I was able to do that yesterday. got up at 3.30, meditated for a full hour, and this is after listening to uh, that Indian guru on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about how it's okay to get up that early if the body naturally wakes up that way. And my body does, uh, whether or not it's because I have to go pee, I don't know. Um, but I've been waking up, and then my alarm goes off at 4, so it's like, psh, I might as well just get up at 3.30 and get the day started. So I meditated for a full hour yesterday. And when I say that, you guys, I, I definitely had to take breaks, right? Like I, I was sitting on my stool, and then I would lean forward and put my head down. And then I would sit back up, meditate for like another 15 minutes, and then lean forward and put my head down. And then sit back up. Now, when I'm leaning forward, putting my head down, I'm not totally checking out in the sense that, you know, I let my mind just intentionally wander. That's not true. But I am physically changing my position because holding it for so long is definitely hard. So today, after I finish this podcast, I got to go down and put some uh, sausage bread in the oven. I'm going to bring in a little treat for my team today. And then I'm going to come back up here and meditate with what time I have left because I got a new morning routine. I'm actually going to the gym early now rather than at the end of the day because there are so many meetings. We keep missing it. So I'm trying to make a healthier lifestyle, trying to, to make good choices. I, I schedule time into the evenings for my wife, um, for this podcast, uh, for reading scripture. So, I, you know, I, I've, I'm still struggling straight up. You know, you didn't hear from me Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And that's because Saturday I broke down, took an edible. Sunday I broke down and I took a hit. And then last night, uh, my sister's in town. And out of the blue, she wanted to smoke. And so rather than just being like, yeah, sure, here you go, um, I burned with her. So I, I'm. It, it sucks. It definitely sucks. Um, today's a new day. Today's a fresh day. But what I realized is I'm I'm living in fear, you guys. I... I had a cool, in some ways, right, like, okay, Sunday was a breakthrough in the sense that I got online and I went to our web state education website and I found the pathway to become a PE teacher. And I thought for some reason it was going to take a whole other program. I had looked this up in the past and then I reached out to colleges and they're like, oh yeah, you'll still have to do all your student teaching requirements, la-di-da. I'm like, this is terrible. I'm, I'm already working as a teacher. Well, I, I finagled the website a little more, and I found a supplementary certificate that only takes 14 credit hours. What? And I have two of them already. What's great about this path is that it's all like anatomy and physiology, kinesthesiology, um, exercise science, exercise physiology. I once went to school for exercise physiology, so um, this is all stuff that I'm very passionate about. I'm stoked. I'm totally stoked because my wife gives me a lot of grief about all the prep for going in, coming home, going in early, coming home late. But with five-year-olds, it's kind of what you got to do. I know teaching is my calling. I don't know if PE teacher is necessarily my calling, um, but I know, I know I would really, really enjoy it. And it's probably a better fit for my personality than for uh, maybe the classroom, just because, again, I get I get so jazzed up, you guys. I'm a, I'm a passionate person. I love yelling, screaming, hooting, hollering, acting the wild man. And uh, that's hard to do. It's hard to do in the classroom with, with a bunch of five-year-olds because they get carried away. But it's been a pretty good week. Most of the kids are super sick. But um, it's with the stomach bug, that kind of stuff. So I want to give a shout-out to the listeners in Baltimore, Maryland, Winnipeg, 
Manitoba, Charlottesville, Virginia, Bedford, Nova Scotia, and Berlin, Connecticut, amongst many, many others. Um, I see you. I appreciate you. Uh, it, my podcast hosting website, it doesn't give me a specific you know, small town or anything, but it'll give me a city that is next to where a person downloaded the show. And so it's really cool, man. People have been downloading this from all over the world. And uh, I would just maybe use that as encouragement for yourself. I've used it as encouragement um, that, you know, we're all struggling with this. I wonder how much more we're struggling in the sense that the weed today is so much more potent than other stuff. Um, But the living in fear piece is because, I bring that up because, I, in some ways, a PE teacher kind of kind of is a dream job, right? Like, you, you don't go into that because each school only has one, and so, oh, it's so hard to get a job because once somebody gets there, they stay there for 30 years, lottie freaking da. Well, here's the thing. Every time I go online and I look for jobs, somebody somewhere always has a PE job posted, and to to be afraid of pursuing that because it's a because it's hard or because you know the odds might be a little bit lower is ridiculous like it is absolutely ridiculous i didn't pursue being a teacher because my mom had always you know was a teacher and she said oh don't do it don't do it and so and then i finally came around and i did it it's like yeah this is what i'm meant to do and then the whole PE teacher piece came up. It was like, oh, well, no, don't be a PE teacher because competing against all these other people. Well, here's the thing. All these other people are freaking clowns. Like, they are clowns. They don't know how to model. They don't follow the I do, we do, you do strategy. Um, they don't love kids the way I do. They don't have the enthusiasm the way I do. Like, gym teachers, no offense if you're a gym teacher, but... There's a stereotype about them, and it's it's kind of true. Like, they check in, check out, basically. Like, hey, I showed up. I'm wearing my shorts and my hoodie. I blew my whistle. Kids did things, and then they left. But it's the most influential position in the school, in my opinion, because they're the ones that are teaching teamwork, uh, cooperation, how to manage the feelings of winning and losing, um, empathy. Uh, those are those are all really important. Not to mention, of course, the physical aspects. And so, you know, at my school, the gym teacher, kids are just running around playing red light, green light. But in my classroom, I'm having kids bounce balls. I'm having kids throw balls. Um, They are manipulating their digits. They're working with their balance. Uh, We're running, we're walking, we're hiking. And it's all with structure and it's all with purpose. And so what a change for a district, if, especially at like the primary level, that their kids are engaged in these um, very much anatomy physiology based uh, practices to try to combat the more sedentary lifestyle of today's youth. I think it would be dramatic. Um, okay, I'm going to transition here. So, oh, the fear, sorry. Um, so, number one, fear with my job. And then number two, fear with marijuana. Because I finally got rid of my stuff except those couple of crumbs, the edibles for my sister. And then I drive up to visit a buddy at the gym. And sure enough, you know, I'm I'm right down the road from the store that sells pot. And I'm like, I'm hemming and hawing. I go see my brother. My brother ends up giving me a couple of crumbs. Um, and then I still go over there and I buy some flour anyway because I'm going on vacation at the end of this week and I'll be traveling uh, down south, doing some hiking, doing some camping. And so I don't know what it, it was a literal fear, you guys. It was It was gripping my heart, like the idea that I had no cannabis in my house. And that is super, super fucked up. Like, 
I, I, I don't know if I've really, really experienced that before, that like panic of I don't have something. And so that's one of the reasons why I've changed my routine up. You know, marijuana, quitting marijuana is a healthy choice, but I'm having trouble resisting my cravings. Last week when I got to day five, like day four, day five, I was just giving in to a whole bunch of other cravings. I was just like surfing Instagram, getting my political hits. Uh, I was, you know, reading pornography. Like I, I was getting my hits different ways and those weren't healthy either. And so the meditating is key. I mean, at one point in my life, I swore up and down I could not meditate less than one hour a day or bad things would happen. And um, and I haven't been doing it. And so if I'm going to resist these cravings, like I need to put practices in place that are going to give me strength. And some people find it through spirituality. Some people find it through exercise. Some people find it through um, control of their mind. And I'm going to address all of those. Like I'm, I'm, I always exercise regularly, so that's there. Um, my diet is super tight. In the grand scheme of things, my diet's tight. Like, I literally don't eat sugar. Uh, but the mental side of it, you know, I, I've i been slacking. I've definitely been slacking on it. And I got to tell you, after I meditated yesterday, my first, after that, I got up. So I, I got up at 3.30, was meditating at 4, got up at 5. From 5 o'clock until about 2, I was a different man, man. I had peace. I had focus. I was not distracted, and it's strange, like, people came up and, like, asked me for help, you know, out of the blue, veteran teachers, about behavior management, and I'm like, what the heck is going on here, and we had had conversations prior to them asking, so there must have been something in my demeanor that made them finally feel safe enough to talk to me, because a lot of them, you know, they're, they're self-conscious, they're a little jealous, maybe, that my behavior management is so strong, you know, I, I'm weak in many other areas, okay, but I in the terms of student rapport and classroom management, that happens to be my forte. So so good things happened, and I won't be able to get the full hour today, but I'll be able to get at least 30 minutes before I have to take off, and that's 30 minutes more than zero. So I also listened to that guru with Joe, and he talked about the difference between being a believer and being a seeker. Um, and I guess I believe in more than myself that there's a lot of unexplained phenomena out there that should humble us. And I'm definitely a seeker in the sense that I'm trying to figure it all out. And I definitely believe that the Bible is one of these places where you can get wisdom. And as I'm flipping through scripture this morning, trying to find a passage to read to you guys, literally, I didn't, I didn't turn but one page, and I came up on something that cut me to the core. You know, because these other pieces, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that resonates. Blah, 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 blah. And then boom. So here's the thing, Romans chapter 14 verse 13. And the, the title of this little chunk says, do not hinder one another. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything be unclean, to him it is unclean. For if because of your food, your brother is hurt. You are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him who Christ for him for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who is in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue things which make for peace in the building up of one another. 
Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are clean, but they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense. It is not good to eat meat or to drink wine, or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. Like, wow, you want to talk about a punch to the face. Like, you know, I'm trying to be an inspiration to other people or an inspiration to my family. Actually, that's not really, I don't know if that's completely true. I'm trying to get my shit together, and then inspiration hopefully will follow. But, uh, you know, I'm up there with my brother, and he, he gives me a few crumbs, right? So, like, here I am validating his his habit. And then my sister comes into town, and I'm like, yeah, let's let's burn. He's like, here's an edible. Um, yeah. It's wild. I like I like this verse. Nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything be unclean, to him it is unclean. Like wow, you know that's people who smoke and it doesn't bother them, but for me when I smoke it bothers me. Uh, that's literally this was written how many thousands of years ago? Somebody put that in there. Um, I don't like the idea of being a stumbling block. And that's where, again, I feel really self-conscious about this podcast. I don't want to be a stumbling block for you guys. I don't want you to... I'm the person who uses other people as excuses, right? Like, oh, that kid started doing that, so now it's okay for me to do it. Um, I hope you're stronger than that. I hope you're stronger than me. I hope you're out there kicking ass and taking names. Um, Today, I'm going to fight like tooth and nail. I'm not to burn. I'm I'm coming home. I'm going to spend time with my wife. I'm going to do some SMR, some self-mayo facial my official release, and uh, going to take care of my business, going to follow my schedule, I'm going to go to bed. It's all these, these social pressures that have been kind of hard for me, and uh, hopefully I can I can combat that. So our, our little health tip of the day, um, running. So if you're a runner, a lot of injuries are caused by overstriding. Okay, knee pain, shin splints. And so what that means is, your feet are too far away from your center of gravity. So if you picture yourself standing straight up, directly underneath you, of course, is that sweet spot. You want your feet to land kind of as close to that as you can. You don't have to force it. You don't have to hold it in super duper tight. But reaching out ahead of your body mass and planting. Uh, if you read Jay Dykeri's book, Running Rewired, he talks about how when he was working at a running lab for... In Virginia, he did that for many years. One of the highest forces ever recorded came from a little eight-year-old girl, he said, who was like, clump, clump, clump. She sounded like an elephant. And what was happening was she was reaching out too far, forcing her body to lean forward a little bit, and she's just smashing her feet down. So be careful not to overextend. Uh, It does take a little bit of retraining to bring it back, but... you can feel the difference, you know, and, and try to avoid too much oscillation. Oscillation, I'm talking about the, the up-down piece, but I'm also talking about as somebody's looking at you, the collapsing side to side as you run. And so the up-down piece is more of a technique, right? Like you can address that through technique. You're, you're running, you're, you're being smooth, you're not overstriding. And as you press off, you're using the the three hinges, the ankle, the knee, and the hip all at the same time, that true extension. That's why people can't jump. Like if you stand with two feet shoulder width apart and you try to jump as high as you can, if you can't get up, it's because your hinges are not synchronized. 
And so that, that push off on the ground, it does need to happen behind you, and it needs to be driving you forward, not up. Okay, and then that recovery part of the stroke, that shin is parallel with the ground. And one of the most recent breakthroughs I had, you keep that shin parallel to the ground, and instead of pulling the knee forward and pulling up from the hip, you know, because that really works the hip flexors, try to drive forward from the heel. It's a totally different um, mindset to that movement, and what a dramatic difference it has made for me. So drive forward from the heel and then reset. So you're running planting, pushing off, um, recovering. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my, my health tip for the week. Oh, and don't let your head collapse forward. Your head's a giant bowling ball. It's super duper heavy. You need to have a nice strong neck, run as tall as possible. Okay. Nice, nice, good spine, nice neutral spine, keeping that head on top of you. Um, if you chopped off somebody's head, you'd be like, holy fuck, this thing is heavy. And as soon as you let it tip forward or tip to the side, now everything else below beneath that is required to compensate. And, uh, you know, it just all leads to injury. When your body compensates instead of moving as it should, eventually you get an overuse injury. And uh, that's how it goes. So, Marcus Aurelius once said, Do not be distressed. Do not despond or give up in despair. If now and again practice falls short of precept. Return to the attack after each failure. And be thankful if, on the whole, you can acquit yourself in the majority of cases as a man should. Remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.